you ready to dive into the powerful truth that the kingdom of heaven has for us? Let's join our host, Ruth Hendrickson, for Real Truth with Ruth as we dive into the Word of God. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me again today for another episode of Real Truth with Ruth. It's always such an honor to be with you, and I thank you so much for subscribing to this. And hey, if you would rate and review, I would really appreciate it. Today we want to talk about praying for authorities, and we're actually going to take it from a little different angle than what we traditionally hear. I want to use some different scriptures, and I really want to empower us because in every nation— for every believer, it can be a really st- a struggle to pray for those in authority, especially when we do not agree with them. And so what I want to do is really equip us as to how to pray for those in authority, whether or not we agree with their political stance, whether or not we agree with what they are doing, because there is tremendous power in prayer. And it is the responsibility of the body of Christ to really tap into that power. And honestly, I was getting ready to do a Facebook Live one day, and the Lord just began to download this. And I was really convicted by it, and I know it was well-received on Facebook. And as I was thinking about this next podcast, I really felt that I wanted to share it with you you guys. So we're going to jump into Jeremiah 29 to start. Now, let me just summarize this for you. In Jeremiah 29, basically the prophet, Jeremiah is a prophet, and he's writing a letter to people who have been taken into exile. And so his countrymen are actually in Babylon, and they've been exiled there under King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, through this, Jeremiah takes a, makes a very, very important point And I want us to understand that depending where we are in the world, we may or may not be in actual captivity, but the same concept applies when we approve of our government or when we don't approve of our government. So let's jump into this. We're going to go into Jeremiah 29, verse 4, beginning. We're going to do 4 through 7. And it says, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plan to stay, plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children, then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply, do not dwindle away and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I send you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. I want you to understand that this message was to everyone who was held captive. Did you hear the command in there? Make a home. Multiply. You see, when we don't agree with what's going on, or when fear is rampant, there can be a tendency to keep our heads down, to kind of stay out of the line of fire, to stay quiet. But here, they're speaking specifically of children. Do not dwindle away. We were called to fill the earth and multiply it. Do not dwindle away. So not only don't stop having children, but the flip side of it is have your presence. Don't, you know, be out there, be a voice, be a force to be reckoned with God's way. We can't just dwindle away. In other words, we can't keep our head down and try to stay out of sight, out of mind. There's another key concept here that even when we don't agree, we work for the peace and prosperity of the city. We work for the peace and prosperity of our nation. We work for it. In other words, we, we even when we're held captive, even when we don't agree, 
even when we don't agree with their politics, we pray to the Lord for that nation, for those leaders, for that city. Why? Because the welfare that they have will impact or determine our welfare. That is a biblical principle. That was Jeremiah 29, verse 7, work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I send you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. So here they are under King Nebuchadnezzar, and they're told to settle in for the long haul. That must have been discouraging. But with that, they're, they're given a job to do, okay? And this is our job too, whatever nation we're in, whatever we think of our government. So not only are we settled in for the long haul, but we are also to become active in society and we're also to pray. So basically God is saying that the prayers of his people, the prayers of these captives would have an impact not only on the Babylonian kingdom, but also on their welfare. It all goes hand in hand. So if you're cursing your government, if you're speaking bad of them, if you're wishing harm on them, that actually has a bounce back effect where it can come back onto us. So here's the thing. It's a biblical principle. It doesn't say pray for those in authority if you agree with them. Here they are. King Nebuchadnezzar was not a good man. And yet the people under exile are told to make their homes there, settle in for the long haul, marry, have children, don't dwindle away, to work for peace and prosperity, not to cause division, but to pray, to pray, to pray for the welfare. So, we want to think again, let's go to King Nebuchadnezzar a little bit. We know that God gave him dreams. We know that God spoke to him. We also know that he was disciplined by God. In Daniel 4, actually, after losing his mind, which God told King Nebuchadnezzar was going to happen, he looked up to the heavens and was in his right mind again, which is also what he was told. He was told that for a time and a season, he would live like an animal, but there would come a day where he would look up to heaven. And that's what happened. That, that word came true. And at that point where he remembered where he looked up into heaven, he actually gave praise to God and declared that he, God, rules forever. Now, remember, he was not a nice king. Interesting side note here, if you look in Job chapter 12, verse 24, it reads, He strips kings of understanding and leaves them wandering in a pathless wasteland. That's exactly what had happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. He was stripped of understanding. He was left wandering in a pathless wasteland until he looked up to heaven and came back into his right mind. Now, I want to take you to another verse that's really, really important, especially when we're talking with leadership, when we need to pray for leadership, those in authority who we don't agree with. And this just so spoke to me. It's Proverbs 21.1. And it says, The king's heart is like a stream of water directed by the Lord. He guides it wherever he pleases. What does this tell me about the necessity of praying for those in authority? Wow. The king's heart is like a stream of water directed by the Lord. He guides it wherever he pleases. That tells me that God can direct the hearts of those in leadership. My job is to pray. My job is to pray. Your job is to pray that God would direct the leader's heart like a stream of water directed by the Lord and that the Lord would guide it wherever he pleases. So again, trust me. We don't want to pray and speak judgment over them. That's up to God to deal with. 
We want to pray that the Lord's hand would guide the hearts of those in authority. So it's not based at all on whether or not we agree with their politics. It's based on the fact that God carries the full capacity to guide them. But our prayers do make a difference in how he guides them. Now, we're all from different nations. We have different systems of government and how they get put in place. This is what I want to say. If you live in a nation where you can vote, you need to do that. You do your study. You decide who the best candidate is. You pray about it. You see who aligns with the word of God and you cast that ballot, knowing you're not going to agree with everything. But no matter who gets into office, now we go into everyone, no matter what your system of government is, no matter who gets into office, we have a responsibility to pray because God says the king's heart is like a stream of water directed by who? Directed by the Lord and he guides it wherever he pleases. So again, it's not based on whether or not we agree with their politics. It's based on the fact that God carries the full capacity to guide them. And our prayers do make a difference. So let's go back to that scripture in Jeremiah again that I mentioned. Jeremiah 29. Um, We want to go into um, verses 4 again through 7. So again, it's the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel. He's saying it to all the captives. This is the phrase I want you to get. To all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Who sent them to Babylon? God did. Okay, God sent them there. In other words, he still had control of their steps. Yes, they had displeased him. Yes, they were taken into captivity. Yes, Jeremiah is weeping for the nation. He sees what's happened. But do you understand that when God went and sent this group of people into captivity, Jeremiah may have been back in Jerusalem. But do you know Daniel, the prophet Daniel, was with the group? He would have been a youngster being sent into captivity. And here he is sent into this foreign land. And if you look at his example, he became part of it. He entered in. He actually excelled into leadership in that land because God's favor was was on him. And he was positioning him even in this foreign land, even in this land full of idolatry, even in this land where the king hated God. And yet because God was steering and still moving, even though things didn't look like it, Daniel stayed true. He didn't capitulate to the demands of the land. We know that he stood strong. We know there's some. there were some others who stood strong, such as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They got thrown into the furnace for standing strong. You know, but, but they came out of that furnace with the glory of God. All right, so then we have Daniel who, who had risen up, and he was the chief of the musician, um, magicians. And, and God used him. He influenced kings and kingdoms. Why? Because he was in that. He, he heard what Jeremiah said. He built his home and he planned to stay and he planted his garden. And, you know, and, and he worked for the peace and prosperity of the Babylonian kingdom. Because its welfare would determine his welfare. He understood, both Jeremiah back in Jerusalem had a word from the Lord, released that word of the Lord, understood what was being said. Daniel in captivity and some of the others understood what was being said, that they had to stand apart and they had to pray. They had to pray. And it's funny because it's that prayer that it's that praying that got them into trouble because they wouldn't bow down to the king. They, They would always pray. They would look towards Jerusalem and they would pray. And so here we are. 
here we are. God sent them into captivity. God knows exactly where we're at, but he says, you pray. You pray whether you like the individual or not, whether you like the political spectrum or not. We pray. We pray. 1 Timothy 2.2, pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. How do we pray? Go back to verse 1, 1 Timothy 2.1. Pray for all people, ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf, and give thanks for them. One of the things I've had to learn when I don't like some of my leaders, and remember there's leaders at all different levels, but when I don't like some of their, a lot of their politics, I've had to learn to give thanks for them, that I intercede for them. I pray that God would direct their steps and I give thanks for them. I ask God to help them. I pray for all of them because that's the command. So our job is not to decide their politics once they're in office, not to let that be the determining factor as to if we pray or not. Our job is to ask God to help them, to pray on their behalf, to give thanks why? Because we need to pray for the peace and prosperity of the city where we are. We pray to the Lord for it because its welfare will ultimately determine our welfare. So we go before and we pray for that. And then we step into Proverbs 21.1 and we understand that the leader's heart is like a stream of water directed by the Lord and it guides wherever he pleases. So we desperately need for the streams of water that flow through our leaders to be directed by the Lord. So how are you praying? How am I praying? Our responsibility is to pray for God to direct, to, to pray blessing, even when we don't agree with everything going on, to look for the blessing, to ask the Lord how to impart blessing, to be thankful for them, to intercede on their behalf, because our God is bigger than our leaders. Okay, our God is ultimately in control, but he's chosen to have us come in and partner with that, and the prayers make a difference. I think it's so interesting, going back to Jeremiah, pray to the Lord. In other words, if you don't pray, then they're not going to have good things happen. They're not going to have wealth, you know, good. The, the city's welfare determines our welfare. That means the goodness that happens in the city determines the goodness that happens to us or the poverty, or the bad, the murder, everything else that comes determines how we live also. So who are we allowing? Are, are we going into judgment and bitterness and hatred and condemnation and allowing that to be what we inherit, what we live under? Or are we going to radically pray? Are we going to be people of radical faith who go and look at these scriptures and say, okay, God, it's your heart. So that's what I'm aligning with. I'm aligning with the heart of God, the position of God, the power of God, the authority of God. So if you want those scriptures to go back into, sit down at some point today, take a look at Jeremiah 29, verses 4 to 7. Go into that. Go into Proverbs 21, verse 1. And then 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 and 2. And let that form your prayers from that basis because that changes everything. So Heavenly Father, we confess and repent for the times that we have not prayed in accordance to your word. We ask forgiveness for the times when we have actually cursed our leaders, when we have become so critical and judgmental that we have cursed them. Lord, forgive us. The judgment, you sit on the judgment seat, so we step off that judgment seat right now, and we ask you to get on that judgment seat.
And Father, we understand this principle. We're going back to this principle that we have to pray for our cities. We have to pray for our nations because the welfare of wherever we're at is going to determine our welfare. So Father, we want to come back into alignment with your word. So right now we decree and declare, we decree and declare that we will pray for the peace and prosperity of our city, of our state, of our nation, of our world. We will pray for the peace and prosperity, no matter what our situation is. Because there's a biblical principle here that as we pray for it, we know that prayer moves mountains. We know that prayer sets captives free. We know that prayer is powerful. And we know that we are told to pray. So right now we come into alignment and we pray. We pray for our cities. Lord, your word says, your word says that the, the leader's heart, the king's heart, the leader's heart is like a stream of water directed by the Lord and he guides it wherever he pleases. So Father, we cry out for the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, for you to come, the great I am, and to guide our leader's hearts, that you would direct the flow of what's going on, that you would come in, that you would invade their life, Father. And you would, you would, if you need to divert that stream, God, we pray you would divert that stream. But Lord, you know exactly how it needs to pray. So Father, we pray for each and every one of our leaders and we ask you to help them. We, we give thanks for them, God. We, we give thanks, even if they're not walking with you, Father, right there, we pray for their salvation, God. Just as King Nebuchadnezzar looked up, and declare that you are Lord. We pray for these leaders who don't know you to look up and declare that you are God. You could do it, God. Forgive us when we have doubted. Forgive us when we've cast them off for hopeless because even the leaders who are not walking with you are created in your image. They just don't know you yet. So we call them into the kingdom. We call them into the kingdom. We speak life over them. We speak life over them. So Father, you never said, we only pray for the godly leaders. You said pray for all in authority. So, Father, right now, we just pray for all in authority. We pray for all in authority. God, may your kingdom come. Your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. We just pull down heaven to earth. The, the concept of how to pray, of how to align with the kingdom of God. Right now, that's our stance. We're citizens of heaven. So we're going to pray from a heavenly perspective. That's how we're going to pray for our leaders. So, Lord, we just come and we pray for our nations. We pray for our leaders. Father, you direct those streams. You have your way. We look to you. We trust you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So again, I really want to encourage you to take, the, to take these scriptures. Jeremiah 29, 4-7. Proverbs 21, 1. 1 Timothy 2, 1 and 2. And write down, create a prayer for your leaders. Ask the Lord what leaders you're to pray for. It says all those in authority, but are there even specific leaders you're to pray for? And if so, dive in and let's be storming the gates of the kingdom of heaven with prayers for our cities and for our nations because it's the power of prayer that changes everything. It's the power of prayer that changes and that we would know when to speak, that we would have a voice that we would, we would be part of our communities, that we would truly work for the peace and prosperity 
of the very ground where God has planted us. Because you're there for a reason. I'm here for a reason. We need to take these ground back for the glory of God. Be so blessed. Have a fantastic day. Join us next week for Real Truth with Ruth. Feel free to visit my website, ruthhendrickson.org. And on my website, there's all sorts of materials. There's places you can give to help support the ministry, all of that. But most of all, thank you for joining me today. You are such a blessing. Let's be a force to be reckoned with for the kingdom of heaven as we pray for our nations. Let's see what God does. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. Your review helps this podcast and the truth of God's word reach more people. You can learn more about Ruth by visiting RuthHendrickson.org or by liking us on Facebook at Ruth Hendrickson.